Hello and welcome back to the Littlest Pet Cast. I am your host, James, and today we are looking over the episode, The Big Feathered Parade. So it starts with Blythe showing off drawings in her sketchbook to Zoe, Minka, Penny, and Vinny. And these sketches are of people in feathery costumes. Zoe notes that, uh, based on the drawings, I guess, they're imitation ostrich feathers. I mean, I guess Zoe's into fashion, so I guess she knows? Also, ostrich is a weird word to spell. And that, that really tripped me up. <laughs> For the record, ostrich is spelled actually no before i spell it out i want you to try spelling it out without looking it up i'll give you a few seconds for this and then i'll reveal all right here we go all right now that you've had some time to spell a word that you've known for as long as you can remember, probably, at least that's the case for me, uh, the correct spelling of ostrich is O-S-T-R-I-C-H. That is confusing. <laughs> If I were to spell it, I would have spelled it O-S-T-R-A-G-E, because that's how it sounds. Ostrich. Although it comes from a French word, which comes from a Latin phrase, which comes from a Greek word. So, it's, it's layers of confusing. Although interesting, because like, when, when you see the the two Latin words that combine into make what ostrich is in Latin. It, it makes sense how, like, it would become ostrich. Although the spelling is just a mess. Uh, anyway, I didn't mean to get off on a tangent so early, but... Ostrich man What do you, what do you want? It's it's a weird word to spell. So then Minka asks if this was a homework assignment, and if it was that they are assigning way too much homework. Blaith says she just kind of did it for fun, but then thought about showing them to parade judges. This shows continuing development in Blythe's character because, like like I said in uh, Summertime Blues, like, a lot of things happened to her, but uh, that was, like, the first time she, like, advocated for doing something on her own, and this is, like, a continuation of it. She wants to see if this could be fruitful and put herself out there a little more, you know? 
And hey, at least she's not, like, going upstate. It's still in downtown city. So she doesn't have to go too far and miss everyone. Only to learn that everyone else there doesn't care about anything but fashion. That's weird. <laughs> that that college was weird. Back to the episode, though. The pets are confused about this parade and ask about it, because they don't know what it is. Uh, Blythe explains that she's talking about the Big Feathered Parade, which is a yearly parade that Downtown City has. Um, yeah, I'm just going to ask this now. Why why is this a parade that Downtown City holds on a yearly basis? And how do these pets not know about it? I mean, I'm going to address the first question first because it's it's a weird one. Cuz like I I'm not saying they shouldn't, but there's no reason given. It's just a thing that happens. Like, like, okay, so my city has, like, a carnival or festival or something called Sawdust Days, which, like, the name ties into the fact that our city was like a lumber giant in like the 1800s or whatever. But I don't know why downtown city has a big feathered parade. It, it seems like it is a Latin American themed festival which for something that's close to New York City and was once part of New York City as I continue to advocate that it is could have a sizable uh, Latino Latina Latinx population but I don't know what it ties to, and I don't think they explain it during the episode. So, all in all, it's confusing? I don't know. This, this question is going to plague the rest of the episode, I think. But for the other question, why do these pets not know about it? Um, I don't know, actually. They've lived here longer than Blythe does, but Blythe seems to know about it. I don't know, she she did look online for it, I guess. I don't know, maybe she's looking for inspiration, found it, they just drew, and then, you know, thought, hey, maybe I should do this. And, you know, 
we get to this point. So, back to the episode. Uh, she says she might be able to meet famous designer Ramon, who actually I don't think has a given last name in this episode. Um, but Ramon, I guess, like, like, I guess one word, like, share, you know? That's, that's a very white comparison. <laughs> anyway, Ramon is a famous feather designer, and Blythe is really excited to meet him. So, yeah, like I said, the pets say they haven't heard of this parade. And Blythe sets up her laptop to show them previous year's floats, which the pets admire and click through, which they can use a mouse, which, I mean, I guess isn't that surprising because, like, Vinny used a tablet, even though he called it an electric box thingy, but we're neither here nor there at this point. <laughs> so, uh, Blythe then takes her portfolio and is off to the parade warehouse. So Blythe walks into the warehouse and admires the construction crew. So she then makes her way to the judges table and for a maybe Latin American parade, only one of them might be Latin. I don't know. We really only focus on one judge for this, and that judge is not Latino. He's, he's black, but... I'm not saying he can't put on a good parade, I'm just saying... Really should maybe be helped by a Latino... I don't know. This is confusing because, like, we don't really know what the Big Feathered Parade is about except a celebration of big feathers that are seemingly stylized to be Latin, but there's no evidence, no hard evidence of it. It's, it's weird. Very weird. So, Blythe finds the judges <laughs> and introduces herself. And says she has designs that they would like to submit. So they ask her to fill out a submission form. But she says she did it online already and printed it out. And she has it right there, so she gives it to them. So the judge looks at it and is initially pleased, but rejects it because she's too young. Blythe says she didn't know about the age restriction. And the head judge points out that it's in the very, very fine print and gives her a magnifying glass to see it. Which, kind of a jerk move. Really, really a jerk move. Blythe asks them to just look at it, but they say no, maybe in like a few years. 
Like, really, that should be something that you put, like, in at least regular fonts. Like, like, especially considering there is a construction crew. Like, you don't want a toddler walking in and having, like, I don't know, a board fall on them. That's, that's insane. I mean, you don't want anyone doing that, but a toddler might not be as aware as, like, you know, someone who might be older. <laughs> so, Blaith walks away dejected, and when she opens the back door of the warehouse, she sees Ramon. Now, I, I know I keep talking about it. But it keeps happening. The whole... Like... White actors playing non-white characters. Ramon is supposed to be of Latin American descent. But he's played by a white actor. And he is doing Latin American things. Like, I think, yeah, his character is supposed to be someone from Latin America and, you know, he he's not played by someone from Latin America. Which is a problem. Because, uh, well, Ramon is overly flamboyant and doesn't hold a pose for more than five seconds, which results in him doing a bunch of odd poses that might be suitable for Jojo. I say might, I don't know. They are very bendy. And that's that's kind of a problem. <laughs> it's It's weird... And it's just weird. I don't know. I was going to say, like, I don't really want to talk about this anymore. Well, that's not entirely true. I do want to talk about it. But, like, if it keeps happening like this in, like, little instance or, like, well, this this case isn't terribly little, but, like... Like, just, just, like, like Jasper. I mentioned Jasper last episode. Like, outside from skin tone, he's just, like, there's no mention of African heritage when it comes to his character. He's just an average African-American teenager. And, like, he's not played by an African-American, but outside of that, he's fine. And, like, I don't want to keep doing these minor things when there's other things that are worth talking about. But this is also worth talking about and worth talking about more. And I'm putting my own butt in my mouth when I say things like... I don't want to talk about it because, like, it, it needs to be talked about. It needs 
to be said, but like I like like you you've you've heard me talk about this. You know I'm not the best when it comes to understanding what is racism because I am white. I don't know what is racism. I I know what is racism based on what I've been told. I don't know what racism means or how far it extends and you can hear that through like the multiple conversations I've had about this but but I just I just I just can't keep doing this you know like I'll I'll mention it I'll bring it up and like really if you hear me say like non-white character you can assume that there's a good chance they're being played by someone white in this show and that is like the beginning and end of what I can call out most of the time like cases like Ramon and then there's another thing coming up later where that's that's not really good at all where where they go more into the heritage side um and it it gets really bad but this is just bad but like I don't I don't know what it means okay I'm I'm not I'm not the best person to talk about this with. It's It's just it's just I don't know. It's it's it it's worth talking about, but like like I said, I'm not the best person to talk about it with. Like 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 you know the, the like the Middle East. Like I I know we need to find peace in the Middle East and that we need a way to solve that but I'm not an expert on the Middle East so I don't think politicians should come asking me for suggestions on that because that that is very complicated and I'm not the best person to talk to about this and that's the same when it comes to racism. I'm just not the best person to talk to about this. But, you know, it needs to be said, and I'll say it, but that's as much as I can say. I didn't, I didn't mean to get on this, but it had to be said. It had to be said. I told you on Twitter this was going to be a long episode, and, you know, it's a long episode. And, you know, I'm going to pause now to see how coherent this is. Okay. So, after listening back to it, I think it's alright, but I know what I mean when I say things, so if it's confusing using let me try simplifying I will say something is racist 
when I can recognize it. However, since I'm white, I'm not as good at recognizing racism. So basically, I am not a racism expert, but I will say things are racist when they are. But you know what I am an expert on? This show. At least, I like to think so. That's why I'm doing this podcast. Anyway, back to the episode then. Ramon says he's here to pitch his designs for the parade. He says he likes to slip through the back to give fewer autographs that way, but Blythe peeks out and sees no one and points that out to Ramon. And he's like, well, I must have given them the slip. So then uh, Blythe introduces herself and starts to explain how she's a designer and such. When she gets interrupted by Ramon's Mina Bird. Mina Bird? Mina Bird. Mina Bird. M-Y-N-A. I think they say Mina or Mina or both. I forgot. I'm actually going to look that up. Okay, a YouTube video I found says it's Mina. So we're going to go with that. A Mina bird, Ramon's Mina bird, named Desi, which, according to TV tropes, is a reference to Desi Arnaz slash Ricky from I Love Lucy. That is a deep, deep cut. I kind of enjoy it, though. And... You know, whatever. Ramon says that Desi is his muse because he works with feathers and birds have feathers. And, you know. And he says, uh, don't scoff to Blythe. And he says he takes the inspiration from Desi and knocks it out of the park. Like in one of those sports with the park. <laughs> That's, uh, I, I love that line though i just it's it's a good line he then uh says answer phone and then he gets a call which seems impressive but then we find out through context that it's a survey and ramon says he'll do it only if it's about him and then he hangs up when he realizes that it isn't Meanwhile, throughout all of these scenes, we see that Desi is very irritated and loses his feathers uh, throughout. Like, irritated as in, like, agitated, not irritated as in, like, ugh. So, Ramon asks Blythe to show him her designs. Blythe shows them to Ramon, and Ramon is very impressed with them. He asks for a clarification on the judges not having seen them. As Blythe is explaining that the judges say she's too young, Ramona uses his JoJo posing abilities to switch Blythe's portfolio case with his own, and Desi sees this. Ramon encourages her and says, you know, don't stop designing, come back and you're old enough. And, uh, you know, never stop designing. You know, stuff like that. 
And uh, he is off to show the judges Blythe's designs under his own name. And Blythe leaves. So at the pet shop, the pets are still looking at the website, and Minnie sees something he enjoys. He explains that this year's parade sponsor is the Iguana Legal Firm. That... I don't... I don't know. <laughs> like... Like, just... just How? Uh, that is... Zoe's a little confused. But I'm just delighted that there's something called the Iguana Legal Firm. <laughs> uh, you know, like, watching it on the show and saying it out loud are two different things. And this is funnier when you just say it out loud. And Vinny explains that he has an adoration for the mascot, Bruce the Legal Iguana. <laughs> so, he then clicks on the link and shows them the commercial. So the commercial is like, I don't know, a car crashing into a restaurant and the car owner popping out of the window saying saying their their, their tagline or catchphrase <laughs> I guana lawyer <laughs> oh and then the head chef comes out and says I guana lawyer and then three customers pop up and say we guana lawyer and then Bruce explains the whole iguana legal firm with like a stack of books, which he knocks over, and then one lands on his head, and he says, Now I go on <laughs> This is very stupid, but I love it. I love it. It is so so dumb, but it's the right amount of it. Iguana lawyer, it's so good though. <laughs> oh, oh, that's <laughs> oh, that's just delightful, you know. So, Vinny says that us reptiles have to stick together, and Zoe says that Vinny has a reptile crush on Bruce, and Vinny gives a look that suggests that you know she's not wrong. It's one of those, like, you know, rub the back of your head and, like, sheepishly look away kind of things. But maybe, you know. So Bruce then says that he will be the Grand Marshal of the Big Feathered Parade. This makes Vinny want to go. So Blythe comes back into the pet shop, which technically is her work so did she duck out of work to show parade things or is she allowed to just you know pop in and out whenever cause like she's 13 and sort of doing this as a favor I think like, like it's a sort of off the record thing but maybe not it's 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 hard to know what you're allowed to do when you're 13 years old hired by like a really nice neighbor lady i think to work in a pet shop after you saved it 
you know that that scenario does not happen as often as you would think and you don't really know what to expect so whatever so Zoe asks how it went and Blythe explains that the judges wouldn't look at her designs because she's too young and uh, she sits down her portfolio or the portfolio she has and some designs fall out Zoe looks at the drawings that fall out and notes that they are neither Blythe's nor imitation ostrich feathers. Blythe sees this and thinks that they must be Ramones. So she says it's too late for today and decides to return them tomorrow. And Vinny excitedly asks if he can come see Bruce the Iguana. Blythe deduces that Vinny really wants to see Bruce the Iguana and agrees. Vinny then goes into a fantasy of the parade where he's looking for Bruce. The person who crashes their car into the restaurant asks who he's looking for. And Vinny says, I thought you'd never ask. Hit it. And then we cut to a song. It's alright, I guess. It's not as, like, out there as some of the other songs. But it's also not, like, you know, memorable either. It's alright. It, it, it does what it needs to do, I guess. Also, it's called the Aguana Rumba. Which, I didn't know this exactly until now, but there's Roomba and Rumba, and they're kind of the same, but they have different pronunciations, and Roomba has an H in front of it. It's all confusing. But that's not where the confusingness ends. So... The Big Feathered Parade is implied to be very Latin-themed in this song. They make a bunch of Latin references, including the style of rumba. Which, I mean... Like, I, I just want to know, what is, what is the significance of big feathers in Latin communities in downtown city. I just, I just want to know that. You know, Phineas and Ferb did this much better just by having the Mexican Jewish Fe cultural festival. It, it says what it needs to say in the title. And they have a song about what the Mexican Jewish cultural festival is about. <laughs> So they elaborate, <laughs> but all we know about the Big Feathered Parade is that it happens every year in downtown city, and it has a vague Latin American theme. That's it. I don't know why it's called the Big Feathered Parade. I don't know why they incorporate big feathers. Is it a fashion thing? Is it a culture thing? What is it? I don't know. And that really, really, it's not great. 
I don't get it. And there's a different problem. I don't know if this was meant to be true or if they just wanted to make it more Latin. But one of the lyrics in the song suggests that Bruce is from Tijuana, Mexico. Even though his name is Bruce and he speaks with a thick Australian accent. A thick Australian accent. Kind of like what I'm doing now. You know, mate? You know? Like, I go on away. But, uh, I don't know, like, iguanas are from Mexico, I guess. But this iguana is Australian. Like, it's, it's supposed to be a parallel of the Geico gecko, except they can't use geckos because, A, that's Geico's thing, and B, Vinny's already a gecko. So, they need an iguana, I guess. But, you know, they made him Australian instead of British. This... It's a very, very weird tangent I'm going on. Just, just vague Latin American thing is not something to base a parade of. I don't know. This, uh, I just, I just had to get that out because that was, that was confusing. In fact, yeah, this this whole concept is confusing. Like, like they could just say, you know, Arbor Day Festival if they wanted to, like, not explain anything. <sighs> but anyway, the fantasy ends, though, when the float Vinny and Bruce are on by the end of it crashes into the site of where the commercial is, and then the guy says, I guana liar again, after he pops out of all of the roses that were raining down on them. You know, fantasy stuff. So then later, the next day, if you will, Blythe goes back to the warehouse and asks Zoe to watch after Vinny. Vinny, in an excited state, drags off Zoe, who isn't that excited. Blythe and Minka spot Ramon. Blythe then notices that Ramon's costume is one of her designs, and that all the floats around here that are being worked on are her designs. Minka says they still look good, and Blythe figures that Ramona was going to show them new designs, and then Minka says instead of new designs, he showed them you designs. Which, you know, again, I just really like that line and that delivery. So Blythe angrily confronts Ramon, who says he doesn't know who she is. Blythe explains what happened, and that you stole my stuff, and Ramon accuses her of stealing and then laughs maniacally. So uh, he then takes the portfolio back and then we cut to a scene with Vinny and Zoe who are looking for Bruce and Vinny spots the float outside. 
He and Zoe go to it, and Vinny is impressed with the float. They make their way up to the float and see that Bruce is giant and on the phone and talking, you know? Zoe says that they have to get his attention, so they call out to him. But they're using words, but, you know, as someone who can't communicate with animals... All he hears is barking and stuff. And uh, uh, he is annoyed with them uh, because he doesn't have time for fans and stuff. He's just annoyed in general. And then he takes another phone call. So Zoe's like, eh, that's it. And tries to drag Vinny away because she doesn't see what Vinny sees. But Vinny stays in place because, hey, giant reptile. So then we cut back to Blythe. And she tries complaining to the judge. Uh, uh, I said judge. I meant judges. But it it basically is just one judge. Because that's like the only judge that talks in this episode. And... uh. She tells them that Ramon stole her designs and is now using them. But the judges say, Ramon would never steal, you know? And uh, they offer her a complimentary ticket to the parade. But Blythe refuses and says, Blythe Baxter does not sit on the sidelines. Good for you, Blythe. Advocate for yourself. Self-advocacy for the win. Yeah! So, Blythe and Minka agree that they need to find a way to prove that Ramon stole her work. And Desi flies over, and Minka's annoyed by the noises. But Blythe recognizes Desi and asks Minka to climb up to meet him to ask him for help. Minka says she loves a good climb, and crashes into things and knocks them over. She like jumps on like a worker's helmet and then a thing of paint cans that uh, fall over. Then she grabs like like a ceiling light and like knocks off the light part which good thing everyone most everyone is wearing headgear in this but still that's dangerous. And then uh, she makes her way up to Desi. And uh, they meet, and Desi is a bit scared while Minka is explaining everything in her Minka way, which, you know, I don't think helps someone who is scared. So uh, Desi initially fights back nervously and then turns around, and Minka spots Desi's bald patch. Desi is embarrassed by his bald patch and just continues to babble on. And uh, Minka says that she thinks he's scared of Ramon, which he confirms. Minka offers Blythe services to make him a feathery hat if he helps them, which Desi seems to like. So then, back with Vinny and Zoe... Bruce is doing stretches, and Vinny and Zoe are still there, and he sees that, and he is mad. 
He tries to shoo them away by saying that their owners are calling. But Vinny says, he cares. Oh, Vinny. Oh, Vinny. So, Bruce is still annoyed generally and asks for a big bottle of water. And if it's gotten, that they can ride on the float with him. Vinny is ecstatic about this and agrees to find the biggest bottle of water that he can find. So he thinks that it's simple enough, and Vinny rushes her off to find some water. Ramon discovers Blythe, and Blythe fights back and asks him, why is his bird afraid of him? Ramon mockingly says that back to her, you know, why is your bird afraid of you? That kind of thing. He's an adult, by the way. An adult. Anyway, he then threatens to remove her from the premises with the help of the warehouse guard. So Vinny and Zoe are looking for water. Zoe finds a glass. Vinny says it's too small. Zoe spots the water cooler tank, and Vinny still says it's too small. Zoe finds a pack of water bottles, and Vinny goes on a rant about how Bruce wants the biggest water bottle and he will not settle for less so then back with Blythe Blythe is talking to Desi and asks why he has a bald patch Desi explains that usually once a year he molts and Ramon uses his feathers for design work Blythe admits that that's impressive but Desi continues and explains that Ramon stresses him out and makes him lose his feathers before they're ready to molt which Blythe says is not cool. And it's not. Like, animal abuse is not good. It, even if it's animal emotional abuse, especially if it's animal emotional abuse, because, like, that, that is practically irreversible. Well, no, not irreversible. It's damaging. It is very damaging, and it's hard to come back from. Yeah. So, uh, Blythe agrees to help Desi with Ramon and to design something to cover up his patchiness. And Desi agrees to tell Blythe everything about Ramon, which suggests that Ramon might have done stuff like this before. And, you know, considering, like, even some of the construction workers don't like him when he's being bossy and that, like, he says he has fans or he says he has people who call him all the time but doesn't. You can see Ramon's kind of a troublesome person. And Blythe asks if he stole her designs. Desi explains that Ramon was having trouble coming up with designs and when he saw Blythe's designs, he liked them more than his own. So he showed them to the judge and claimed them as his own. So Ramon shows up with a warehouse officer, which is the same officer you see everywhere and whatever. And uh, Blythe prompts Desi to speak, but when Desi attempts to, he gets scared by Ramon and backs down, which Blythe is caught off guard by. So the guard escorts Blythe out, and Blythe again says that Ramon stole her designs. 
Ramon sticks with his story about how it was just a mix-up, and he answered her portfolio confident in himself. Blythe looks through her sketchbook and finds some pages ripped out. And she's like, of course, you ripped the pages out of the sketchbook. And Ramon is like, how dare you? But Desi flies over with a chance to redeem himself. And in human speech, asks her to turn the page. And she does, and she finds Desi's feathers in her book. Thinking she has a case, she rushes back in. And Ramon and the guard give chase. Meanwhile, Vinny is frantically searching for a big water bottle to give to Bruce and can't find it. Zoe says that it's been fun looking for a giant water bottle, but you kind of have to stop. But then Vinny hears something and checks it out. He is delighted and goes after it. Zoe follows and see what the hubbub is about. So... Blythe goes back to the judges and points out that Desi's feathers are in her sketchbook, something that she could not do. And Desi backs her up on that by saying it is true in a way that everyone can understand. So the judges are now interested, and Blythe opens more of this book, only to find that it's stuck. She uses water to break down the thing that is making the pages stick but Ramon sees this and is upset Ramon says that water breaks down his special sticking concoction and that's where Blythe has him Blythe asks him to elaborate and Ramon does only to realize what he just did he then demands that Blythe get kicked out but the judges talk amongst themselves, and then the head judge says that Ramon is getting kicked out, and that he clearly stole Blythe's designs and used them for the parade. And they say even Desi backs this claim up. So Ramon is awestruck, and he's being dragged out, and he says, I want a lawyer! Which, I just broke down laughing because I forgot that that's there. Uh, and Desi flies on the head judge's head and says, I want a new owner. And Ramon, you know who's not going to be your lawyer? Blythe Baxter, Ace Attorney. Yes, this is more proof that this takes place in the Ace Attorney <laughs> universe. I can't, like, like, Ramon is such an Ace Attorney villain. Like, he is such an Ace Attorney villain. And, and this time, this time Blythe is using testimony from a bird to get Ramon convicted. Because that is something you do in Ace Attorney. And Everyone knows this. It is amazing. I love it. <laughs> Cross-examine the minor. Oh, yeah. Yeah, something else. So, Desi says he guana new owner. So, pets know they have owners, technically? 
Which, I think that terminology has come up before, but I've never noticed it or noticed it that much, but just hearing it now and hearing it acknowledged by both pet and human in a simultaneous way kind of makes the whole sentience thing weird, but not terribly because they're not quite human yet. So I guess once they realize owning something isn't good, that's when they get to be the animals in my gym partner is a monkey. So, yeah. So the judge then tells Blythe that she is very talented and that they'll be crediting her. And the construction crew applauds and Blythe smiles and blushes at the praise she's getting for all of this. And the construction workers praising Blythe perfectly bookends the admiration she gave when she first walked into these hardworking construction crews. Because... It's a team effort. It's a team effort, and they both appreciate each other. And, ah, oh, oh, I love I loved that, and I loved that when I realized that. So, anyway, back outside, Bruce is still demanding that bottle of water, and then we hear a rumbling sound. And Bruce turns to see Vinny rolling on a giant water bottle. He is so determined to please Bruce that he says, uh, some, I don't remember the exact line, but it was like a master student thing where Vinny is the student and Bruce is the master. And he then panned to see a, a row of water bottle trucks where one has a giant water bottle on it and the other doesn't. And the driver of the truck just looks up and is like, What? And so, how did Vinny get that giant water bottle off? Was it not secure enough? Or does Vinny also have super strength? Or did he use a burp to dislodge it? Now, I'm going to believe that last one, because, like, you can burp with, if you have power burps, I guess. I guess you control it so that, like, it can, like, burst the bolts off of what's keeping this water bottle on. So then Vinny keeps rolling the giant bottle, and it goes out of control and hits the float, but not Bruce. It goes through Bruce, for Bruce is a hologram. And that was somewhat of a surprise when I first saw this, because I thought it was a guy in a costume. A really realistic costume. But, but no, it's a hologram. It's really interesting. So, Bruce tells Vinny he's not wanted as he's, like, fizzing, you know? And Zoe locates a curtain and reveals that it's a human in a motion capture suit. Blaith walks out and sees this as well, and the guy says... Pay no attention to the man behind the curtain while Bruce fizzles out for good. Blythe asks what's going on, 
And the actor who played Bruce explains that he plays Bruce. But he's sick of it and decides to quit right then and there and become a grocery store clown, I think. And he also makes a remark saying, no amount of free or discount, I forgot which one, legal service is worth it. Which begs the question, why do you need that much legal service? You know? Like, are, how, how often do you get dragged to court? Like, like, I don't, I wouldn't trust you if you rely on it. Especially if you want to go dress up like a clown instead of an iguana. That's, that's kind of creepy, you know? So, Vinny is upset that his, uh, you know, hero is a lie. And the assistant comes out, which, you know, is the same assistant from everything else. Seriously, this episode has, like, two character copy-pastes. Or, rather, two parallel universe shenanigans. So, I'm going to stick with that latter one. And is freaking out that Bruce uh, is had quit. But Blythe has an idea. So, during the parade, the actual guy from the commercial comes out on a float and introduces Bruce. Uh, Bruce starts dancing on his own float, and we pan inside to see that it's Vinny in a mocap suit. And he makes a remark about he is his own hero. So, uh... He continues to dance, and we see Blythe, Minka, and Zoe in the bleachers. And they note that Vinny is having fun. And Minka says that Desi is enjoying his new feathered headdress. And Blythe adds that he likes his new owner as well. And they continue enjoying the parade, and thus ends the episode. So, one last time, I tried looking up to see if there was an actual big feathered parade somewhere, but all of the results I found were about uh, this show, this episode right here. But this does bring me to an interesting story where I found a blog of some kind. I don't know. I'm not 100% sure on this blog. Like, I don't remember the name of it. But I know it was like black and gray. And seemed kind of moody-ish. But it's like a self-hosted blog, I guess. And it's like a blog about different stuff and he did a review of this episode I didn't read the review of the episode not all the way at least like I read the top part and it's like oh we gotta talk about the depressing topic of how humans are terrible and blah 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 blah, blah. and you know what some humans are terrible like Ramon who is a thief and a liar and trying to use his 
edge to like get people to trust him. He says like that's what this episode's about, and he doesn't know if it's good or not because like you know kids should learn that like the world's not all sunshines and lollipops, but like you know some people are sunshines and lollipops, and it's like it's it's this really weird sort of cynical take. I don't know. It's um. It's very weird. Like, and I read, like, his about section, and it was, like, all right, I guess. It's, like, I just want to point out all the truth in the world or whatever. Like, like that, that kind of, like, moody teen thing. I don't know. It's... It's weird. Although... I will disagree in that uh, I think this episode is more about the dangers of hero worship and that the moral at the end is that like if you lose faith in your heroes just be the hero you want to be and if other people aspire to you then you're, you're a hero and you know you've gotten that way because you worked for it and not because you're fake or you steal things unless you become that person and you know that's that's complicated but you know just be your own hero then I guess uh as for the episode itself it's a fine episode I don't know I'm not sure on it. It's it's a pretty good episode. It has like it has a few funny things. I don't know. I don't know. It's it's fine as an episode. So I guess with that, that will do it for this episode of the Littlest Petcast. Be sure to leave your comments and reviews on Shout Engine, on Apple Podcast, on the Google Store, and wherever else RSS feeds go when they guana podcast. And be sure to tune in next time for the next episode, A Day at the Museum. And oh boy, you're in for a treat with this one. I will see you then.